0: back
1: dude what's up everybody welcome (laughs) back to another that is so staying there to another episode (laughs) of on the power play it's me your boy brian always joined (sighs) by my fantastic co-hosts adam and matt welcome to episode 95 alexi morazov uh the spot will likely belong to matt duchene in a couple years if he continues to play at the pace that he's playing but alexi holds on with his 219 career points as the best guy to wear number 95. Episode 95, welcome to it. Adam, Matt, how we doing? Uh, Matt, you are correct. Philadelphia is buzzing <laughs> right now. It's buzzing. Nippy. It's nippy outside, baby. Whoa.
0: yeah. I- low <laughs> 50s. It's low 50s. It's good. Good. Dude. I, I just want to well, say it, 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 the, the weekend was wild. Like South Philly was so wild. On Saturday, like,
1: yeah, yeah, I, wild. Yes. I was at the game on Friday for the Reese Hoskins three run home run. That um, was, I threw out my shoulder breathing. with I threw out my shoulder oh with tail. Like legit, I woke up and I went, "Oh fuck, oh, oh pivot goodness!" It. I just started doing some like pitching stretches, like get the pivot get it, the shoulder pivot, loose pivot,
0: again. Pivot, yeah, pivot. Yeah, 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 you know, I had to, had to, I had to rotate. Impression.
1: Um, and then Saturday I went to the Flyers game, and watched the Phillies game and the bar there before the game, and you could hear Citizens Bank Park across the street. It was absolutely – and the birds went was, on Sunday against the Cowboys. I was there, and I was there
0: on Saturday. You were there on know. Saturday.
1: Okay, yeah. 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 I mean, it was, it was absolutely banana and then, land. And then after open. the
0: after they clinched, we waited around, you know, watching the celebration, you know, to have a good time. And then we went to the car, and then we went to Xfinity Live to watch the last 10 minutes of the Flyers game to see Travis Connecting take the lead. First win. Oh, yeah, that, was best, best best that was sick. Best best weekend of Philly sports commenced. Well, oh, well,
1: it, it wasn't it wasn't the best weekend yet because we had to wait till Sunday night football for and the birds to beat the Cowboys. Beating up on the Cowboys, dude. <laughs> dude, oh, unbelievable. God. It's a great. It
0: was a were great you weekend. At were, you, were you at Xfinity? I was standing outside of Xfinity when they showed up. When the boys showed up.
1: No, no. So we had left by the time they had probably gotten in there. Yeah. Uh, were great. you
0: there still? I was at – I went to a con. I was lucky one of my favorite guitar players was playing at the Brooklyn Ball Philly, which is where no. I saw him, Mr. Kyle O'Rourke. Uh, so – Which, and, I, uh,
1: which don't get me wrong, is super cool, but, like, getting a party with the with the Phils. I mean, dude, dude
0: <laughs> I was happy to see my favorite guitar player. I'm like, dude, my favorite guitar player is playing right after the
1: game. Like, what a perfect – we're perfect chance. Yeah, that's that's a that's a cool weekend. That's a cool weekend. Yeah. Uh some updates before we get into NHL action here. Let's update you on E fantasy team here, which I really feel like this podcast is kind of taken as their own. A little bit less yes. my team, more our team. It's uh week team. one we W 80
0: what'd you say? I said it's his team. We just helped. We we don't take responsibility. You, we are we are, we, are, we are no <laughs> longer a part of the decision making process. It is your process.
1: Well, we look, boys, that. look, boys, we, we got, a, there's a week one win here. We won 89.3 to 86.6, hey, 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 hey. a tight one, but we pulled it hey. out there. Um, and then this week so far, we're ahead by over 11 points now, 29.4 to 18.5. Uh, right. We, we take good. responsibility
2: for that one. We take responsibility we're for, good. for that one. That's we're all i feeling us. real good here.
1: Um and uh, to continue to update everybody on how the Killer Bees are playing because I continuously catch shit from the team about not <laughs> on uh, what's going on. Um, yesterday evening we unfortunately dropped the game for six to four. Um, Ooh. the score sheet goes as follows: uh, the homie Jake scoring, the homie Brad scoring, Jake two more times because he's a stud. And an assist from you, boy. That's right. Hey. Five games, five points. I'm on a tear this year at a point a game clip. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, the team does move to two and three now. However, uh, I'm feeling good still. I still feel like it's... we can definitely win next week. We can definitely win the week after that. Get a, back on a winning record. You know, I think oh, things are looking oh up for God. the for the for the boys in the uh, the orange and the, not the orange, <laughs> the yellow and the black, the yellow.
2: The black, um, yellow, right? so, yeah, the black and yellow.
1: The black and yellow is someone some called. man would say. Uh, you know, the bees are buzzing right now. We're feeling good. Uh, unfortunately, we lost a, a, our big defenseman Mike uh, to an MCL injury. Uh, so hopefully, he gets better because uh, we're a little bit short on the defensive side of the puck. And I am going to get exhausted. Um, but but you know, uh, everything's going well there, and it's uh, the boys are buzzing. It feels good. Uh, but well, anyways, let's get into some NHL news. While we're here talking about the NHL, uh, Sonny Milano finally finds a landing spot as he ends up in Washington with the Capitals. He cleared waivers today, the day that we're recording this on uh, 1018. Uh, so uh, I'm not quite sure he's been put anywhere yet, whether it's the NHL roster or the AHL roster. But he was signed oh. to 750000 uh for one year on a one-way deal.
2: Da, 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 da. Don't see anything about where he is.
1: Adams got his thinking face on.
2: <clears throat> but the, the
0: way the the Capitals have started off, I mean, it's still early, but the way they've started off the first couple games. You know, it might be a rotating door for some of these positions.
1: Could be. Their Could be. Um. Yeah, and I think that's kind of like um, you got to think that's why they signed Sonny Milano. You know. Um, to kind of have a guy like that who's definitely had NHL experience he's been in the league for a while now Um, but you know Washington starting two and two is probably not the best start that they wanted but you know it is 500 after all Um, but as I was saying uh, Sonny Milano the the thing about Sonny Milano right now is I'm kind of confused as to why teams aren't sending flyers on him you know like Yeah, he's had under 200 games in the NHL and has been playing in the NHL since 2015. But, like, he's not a bad player. I mean, yeah, last year he had 14 goals, 20 assists, or 34 points in 66 games played. But that's not, like, invaluable, you know?
0: I mean, you look at – he stayed in Anaheim for a while, right? He was in Anaheim from 2019 to
1: 2022.
0: So that's a while, yeah. No. And before uh, that was Columbus. It's weird how like usually players like tend to stay stay in the same area or same like division. Like when you see like rotating players, like especially like like as a Flyers fan, staying in like the Metropolitan or the Eastern or the Atlantic Division. Like you saw players that would just go like the Islanders or, like, you know, the Capitals. Like, it's just kind of like you stay in that territory. So, to jump from Anaheim to Washington, it's like you're playing consistently two different style of games, you know?
1: Oh. Well, not well not just that, but then, you know, starting his career in Columbus, then going to Anaheim, and now going to Washington. You know, just I found, the, I found
2: the trade that sent him to Anaheim. There was a one-for-one one, Sonny Milano for Devin Shore. Really? Yes. With Anaheim retaining 33% of Shore's salary. Interesting. So let's just make this even more confusing, shall we?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really. Let's just throw that in there while we're at it. Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I felt like he was a better player than he statistically looks like. Um, I
2: feel but, like he's going to be one of those players that's like a late bloomer that just never blooms.
1: Yeah. And there, I mean, there's a lot of players in the NHL that end up falling to that kind of, um, you know, unfortunate fate, as it were, there's a lot of great NHL talent that never just gets a chance to kind of stay somewhere and blossom into their own type of player. And i say Milano might be one of those guys, but I'm kind of hoping that he finds his way in Washington. You know, it's a different system one that he hasn't played in yet, probably hasn't played this kind of style of hockey yet. And it might help him uh, kind of come into his own. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's an East Coast guy. Let me look. Uh, yeah, York. born in Massapequa, New York. So he's used to playing East Coast style type of hockey. So maybe coming back this way will, you know, help him kind of be the player that he he probably knows that he can be. And I think he sh- he's definitely shown the talent. To, to be that type of player. Um, keep moving forward here with more NHL news. Uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov suspended for just slapping Kyle Burroughs of the Vancouver Canucks in the face with his stick. Uh, they were going into the corner boards there and Burrows didn't have a stick in his hand at the time and kind of pushed Kuznetsov. And uh, Kuzi took that a little bit personally and uh, slapped him in the face with his stick plate. Uh, that's a one-game suspension. Nationals. Yeah, trying try out for the Nationals, really trying to help, all Washington teams really. <laughs> um, the,
0: the double athlete, athlete in Washington? Oh, oh yeah,
1: double athlete. John Kuznetsov. Oh
0: yeah. Kuznetsov playing yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You nailed and... it. You nailed it. Uh, um he... he's got a one game suspension for that. Um, what do you guys think? Is that more of a is that more of a two-game suspension to you guys? Yeah, it was definitely intentional. <laughs> it was definitely intentional. There was there was not a mistake made there. He did that on purpose.
0: Right, so it could have been you know, a little bit more. Um, you know, like, If Evgeny Kuznetsov, yeah, Evgeny Kuznetsov has kind of been one of those players too, who's always kind of like, yeah, we gotta look at that play again and that chippy. play again. Yep. You know, yep. he's a
1: little <laughs> sandpaper type guy. Well, you know, not bad, which is which is fine. But when you when you get into the territory of using your stick as a weapon, um, that's it that's might, when you should start to worry. You know.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: I, I feel like this definitely should have been two games in my mind because Matt brought up the right, the good point of it was definitely intentional. Like that wasn't that wasn't a whoopsies. He meant to slap him, maybe not in the face, but definitely intentionally went to hit him with his stick. And that's the kind of stuff that just I think it deserves more than a one game suspension. I really don't think he's either going to a learn his lesson or b not do it again based off a one game suspension. If I'm yeah. being totally honest, you know.
2: No, I can agree with that. Um, yeah, two games seems like the uh, the right way to go. But right. it's typical NHL. You know, they they you think they're gonna go one way and they severely under deliver.
1: Yeah. Like, I mean
2: uh, it's like the uh the, the expectations meme. We had low expectations, but come on.
1: Yeah, and then you get like this like some sort of intentional tripping and the guy gets five games and you're like, oh yeah. hold on. What just happened here? Uh, I mean, that's that's a conversation that we've had on this podcast thousands of times about what what they're doing with the, you know, suspensions thing and how player safety is handling everything or whatever. We we could run this conversation a thousand times, and I think we already have. Um, but I feel like this is the kind of stuff that deserves more than a one-game suspension, so the player's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't decide to use my stick as a weapon. Maybe I'll just refrain from doing that next time. <clears throat> Ahem, yeah. Evgeny Malkin. Uh, maybe it's the Russians. Who knows? Could be the Russians. They they don't follow the rules. (laughs) They don't. Yeah, the Russians say to hell with the law. Uh, (laughs) All righty, let's. uh, So we're (laughs) at the. I know we're early in the year here, folks. The the team that's played the most games, I think, only has yeah only six under their belt. So
0: the Rangers, right?
1: uh, The Rangers, the Carolina Hurricanes, the Boston Bruins, um, Dallas Stars, and the Vegas Golden Knights.
2: Damn,
1: okay. Yeah. Um there's a bunch of teams but they only they only uh the most have six played and we already have some injury concerns here in the NHL. Let's start first and foremost with one that not only hurts my fantasy team but one that hurts a team that was trying to identify a problem and that is Matt Murray with the <sighs> Toronto Maple Leafs uh going on the IR. I'm not quite sure what the timetable on his injury is. I think it was two um, to three weeks. Let me let me see let me see. Um, now for the record, it wasn't going too hot for him to start. um no. Yeah, it's a four week hip injury. It was not going too hot for him uh, as the as the season was beginning. If we look at it statistically here, let's take a look. Um, he's got one game played. Um, he's zero and one. He's got. 23 shots against four goals against for a 405 save uh four or five goals against average and an 826 save percentage not good not good uh so right now it looks like it's going to be um what is uh Ilya Samsonov their backup right
2: well, Sam- I think he's actually
1: the starter Yeah well yeah but, but it's him to the rescue with no backup now
2: uh Shulgrin. I think is the backup who was, I think also had some injury scare. So, um, so, and, and, you know,
1: it's not like they had a problem in Toronto. They really didn't have a problem when they had Freddie Anderson, they decided to make their own problem by letting him walk away. Um, it, This is one of those things where I struggle to feel bad for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I feel bad for Matt Murray. This sucks. You know, he had had a once promising career, had some injury troubles, and now he finds himself kind of as a backup and, you know, almost not trusted to start games right now in his career. But I struggle to feel bad for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You basically had it made. You had Jack Campbell. Before you had Jack Campbell, you had Freddie Anderson. Stop giving away the
2: goods. Stop it. You gotta stop
0: giving away the goods. I don't think
2: they're giving away the goods. I really don't think they're giving it away on purpose. It's, I don't know if it's a product of like the harsh media environment. Like they're looking for a scapegoat and it's either a defenseman or a goalie that gets blasted away for it. Or from the sounds of Jack Campbell, it sounds like things just went sour very, very quickly. Well, I think it's
1: because they refused to give Jack Campbell a decent salary when it came to try, to contract time, because That's I don't conscious. know if they just refuse to pay these goalies or if they just have so much money wrapped up in the rest of the team that they're forgetting to pay the goalies. If there's one thing that we know about the NHL, and I feel like this, this bell gets rung every single year, what wins championships? Goal tending. Jack yeah. Campbell and Freddie Anderson were your last two goalies. What are Jack Campbell and Freddie Anderson considered? Some of the top goaltenders in the league. And you let them both walk. I mean, don't get me wrong. There were plenty of years in the late 2000s and the early 2010s where they had horrendous goaltending. And then you finally get some that's at least decent to even good, right? And you let it It walk. I do not feel bad for you in Toronto. You did this to yourself. Boys. they oh. just lost to Arizona
0: last night. Yeah. that's what I'm
1: saying. <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. and just cashing out.
2: Oh, Did Toronto you see the fans. About I'm sorry. That? What was that? There was a statistic there. I think the Coyotes themselves put out. Oh yes. You know, uh from since poor...
1: 2002, um, they have gained at least one point in Toronto every time they've played <laughs> there. since that's... 2002, and there awesome. have been a lot of bad Coyotes teams. Since two thousand and two. You could argue they're still bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're 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 still a bad team. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but you know, you have this injury to Matt Murray, one of the goaltenders you brought in here to kind of be uh an assistance to your goaltending problems. And now he's hurt. And now it's just Ilya Samsonov. I I could bitch all day about this. Uh Toronto fans, I'm sorry, but your team clearly doesn't respect one of the major things. That a winning team has in its goaltending, and and now you lost your goaltender to Edmonton in Jack Campbell. So I mean, they've identified that problem, which is good for them. But Toronto, yeah. you had it, man. You had
2: Although, it. That said, it sounds like Jack Campbell hasn't had a great start over in Edmonton either. So
1: no, it's not sounding like he's having the greatest start of all time. Um, but it's it's statistically better than Matt Murray and and Ilya Samsonov so far. Um, some more injuries to talk about. Max Pacioretty to the LTIR. Uh, mm-hmm. Unfortunate drop for him as he starts his uh, his new time there in Carolina. i uh, not quite sure. Let me look. Uh, Max Pacioretty. Here we go. Uh, duh, duh, duh. Yeah, Max Pacioretty with his Achilles surgery moves to LTIR, so it ended up needing to be surgically repaired. So I'm not quite sure what the timetable on that would be. I don't February. know. If he'd be... February. Whew, that's tough. That's a tough look. um, But, you know, I, as far as the Hurricanes are concerned, their roster is still pretty loaded. I think they'll be all right, but that does suck for Max Pacioretty when he was trying to make an impression on his new team. Uh, there's still no timetable for Gabriel Landish Cog, um, which, you know, obviously the rest of that team is really freaking good. But uh, having a Gabriel Landish Cog on the team is uh, definitely uh, <laughs> something nice. Uh, however, it appears there's still no timetable on when he could return to the uh, Stanley Cup defending Colorado Avalanche. As well as, this is the last one I'm going to talk about, just some notable injuries to discuss. Tyler Bertuzzi going down for a couple of cool. weeks here. Um, and, you know, and that's tough for this this Red Wings team that, you know, has, you know, I wouldn't say that they're, you know, lighting the world on fire by any means. Right now their uh, they're record uh, sitting at 2-0-1. Uh, but still that's five points and they've looked pretty, pretty good Did against, you, you know, Uh, Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to, we'll get, (laughs) we'll get to them. Um, but you know, this Detroit team missing Tyler Bertuzzi, which is kind of one of their leaders is going to be a little bit of a hit. Uh, I'm not quite sure how many weeks he's out for. Let's take a look here. Um, four to six with an upper body injury. Um, that's definitely tough to swallow, but the rest of the team looks pretty sound. So I'm interested to see if they can come back from having that, uh, having that issue now while we were talking about goaltenders there is specifically one team in the nhl whose problem has always seemed to be goaltending and it continues to seem to be that way but now it's kind of also looking like a dumpster fire situation we're going to talk about a couple teams here with some um either team morale issues or coaching issues that kind of surround different things going on there's two teams i want to talk about here and funny enough and i didn't intend for this to happen oh no They're the two teams the Flyers beat, um, which just really rings true about if you lose to the Philadelphia Flyers, you have hit a new low uh, as far as your team is concerned. Um, So first we're going to talk about the New Jersey Devils, and that is specifically because in their home opener, Lindy Ruff got announced as their head coach over the intercom, and everybody was supposed to cheer, it's supposed to be, you know, player introductions. He got booed. And at the time, they had lost two games you know, in in pretty sad fashion, uh, 5-2 in both of those losses. And they come back home for their home opener. And what happens again? But they lose to the Red Wings. Uh, and this is one of those situations where you really have to look at the team as a whole and wonder what's going on here. So I talked to my buddy, Tony who uh, who is a, 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 a Tony uh, bleeds, bleeds the red and black, huge Devils fan. Right. Um, and I asked him, I was like, what, like, what are you thinking about with the Lindy Ruff situation? Were you the type to boo? I know that you were there at the home opener. And he was telling me a couple of things. And I took away a handful of little bits that he was saying about the team as a whole. He said, during player introductions, the team itself didn't look like they were fired up to play. They already looked beat up. Um, you know, Miles Wood had already made the statement that this home game was a must win, you know, and they looked like either they were there for business or they didn't want to be there at all. And then you have the booing of Lindy Ruff, and it's because, let's be honest with you, Devils fans are pretty fed up with what they keep having to see. Bad defense, poor goaltending, and, you know, not a, not a coaching scheme that really fits what's going on. This is an organization that for years there was used to winning. What was it? Three cups in ten years, something like that. You know, th- this organization—it was used to winning for a very long time, and now they—and now they have nothing, and they're continuously at the bottom of the league, and they're—they're they're fed up. Now he was telling me he's not one to try and run Lindy Ruff out of the city, or out of Newark, New Jersey, but Newark. like New York, um, Newark. but. He was saying he understands the fans' plight right now of why they do want to run him out of the city, because it's he doesn't seem like he's the type of leader that can lead this coach out of or to lead this coach uh, lead this team out of the current situation they find themselves in. Um, and you always used to be able to point at the goaltending in Jersey, right? You could always point there, but now it's not really the sole blame of everything going on. They got Vitek Vanacek. You know, they have uh, Mackenzie Blackwood. Those aren't terrible goaltenders. You know, you can't point at that anymore. At some point, you do have to start pointing at the coach. So what are you guys thinking about the New Jersey Devils? Is it is it dumpster fire time right now? Or do you think that they need to just take a step back, kind of address things going on, and look to move forward away from this really rocky start? It could
0: still be just too early, you know. You know, less less than five games in. Um, I feel like there's some pieces on that team that once they start getting a little more chemistry, they'll start producing. Like, you know, your Palazzo, your Hamiltons, or Jack Hughes. But, like, I remember going to the home opener for the Flyers, their <clears> first <throat> game as well. And I'm, it's like beginning of the third period, and Nico Heischer sure touched the puck. I'm like, I haven't seen this guy all game. I'm like, dude, this guy's been invisible all game. I'm like, he's the captain too. I'm like, that's ridiculous. Um, so it could also be a leadership problem, you know? It's like you know, you got you did add like a leader like Tomas Tatar. Like he also brings that like grit and sandpaper. So yeah. Um, like, is it more of like they got a weird flux of like leadership like you got your He shares Jack Hughes, or like in their early 20s. And then you got your like, I guess Dougie Hamilton's at like 25 our age. He's like, you know, prime of his career. It's 29.
2: 29. Yeah, I was gonna say, okay, he's okay, a so bit not, older, yeah. Not,
0: right. okay. Then you have your Dougie Hamilton's, your Tomas Tatar's, and then you can name a couple other players. And it doesn't seem like there's a good mix of age.
1: Right. And that, yeah, you bring up a really valuable point there. And I, I think that that's something that um, Devils fans should definitely think about is, you know, specifically like Flyers fans like Matt and I, we saw a perfect example of this, uh, not just last year, maybe even the year before, where you have an old core of veteran leaders and you have a young core of veteran leaders and voices in the locker room start getting a little mixed up because your young voices feel like I've been in the league for four or five years. I consider myself a veteran on this team. And I would like my voice to be heard. And I, I'm looking to be a leader. And then you have your older veteran leaders being like, no, no, I've been in the league for 10 years just because I haven't been on this team for 10 years. doesn't mean that I shouldn't be respected in this locker room. And that could cause a whole litany of problems in a locker room could split it right down the middle. And then a the head coach has to deal with how that goes. That's a really valuable point you brought up there, Matt. That makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm going wrong. I think, it kind of is a little bit still goaltending because, like, when I saw them, like, you know, they flyer scored two goals back to back within like a minute thirty, and they beat they beat what Blackwood clean like on both, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, clean on both. So it's like it could still be a little bit like these guys truly aren't good enough, for you know, especially their division
1: where which seems has a lot of uh sharpshooters, right, right. And you know they brought in Dougie Hamilton. Well, that was last year, right? When they brought in Dougie Hamilton, or was that this two year? years? Two like, years two, ago, that was like hey, Bucks, he's been there a, while. a year. They have they That's have a, Dougie Hamilton. They have Ryan Graves. They have solid defensemen. So you really got to start looking at the head coach and being like, is it your scheme that these guys just can't seem to to play under? You know. But, you know, I think, uh, Adam, what about you? Uh, before I skip over what anything you have to say, what what is your kind of reaction to what you're seeing out of New Jersey? And is it time to panic?
2: I feel like they're almost, I don't want to say indecisive, but basically indecisive onto whether or not they want to rebuild or if they want to retool. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. they just kind of like, they go in one direction and they're like, oh, wait, but we actually have good pieces. So let's maybe retool and try and, Um, try and like recoup whatever you know advantages we might have and it's just a snowball effect of them not really getting anywhere and not getting any traction moving um so i i feel like if the panic button wasn't already pressed for fans i'm kind of wondering what their actual mindset on the team is i'd love to know what tony's actual mindset on the team is 'Cause
1: well we could definitely get Tony on the podcast. I mean that's that's that a guy might, that loves to talk idea. some hockey. So um because
2: uh, I, I just don't see a clear direction this team is trying to go in. And I mean I get that the head coach market has been kinda tapped. There's not a lot going on there to bring in like an actual good notable head coach. Um but I just I feel like being, you're kind of onto something with the the coaching scheme not fitting the team. But at the same time, I just I just don't think there's much of a team here is, I think, the best way I could put it.
1: Sure. And, like, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And I think, you know, Tony was saying that he believes that this team has talent, which they do. If you look at this roster, there is talent on this roster. Uh, and he doesn't believe that the guy to lead this talent, though, is going to be Lindy Ruff and his system and what he's got going on behind the bench there. And I I can't help but agree with them because you like this team has talent. They should be at least good enough for a wild card spot in the playoffs. Like they're good or should yeah. be. It seems like and and Adam you bring up a good point there. It seems like they don't know what to do. It seems like they all seem confused about what their role on the ice is and how they need to go about it. Nobody seems to be playing with conviction or getting after pucks, winning one-on-one battles. And, you know, there, there could be, I think he brought this up too, is there's a chance that, you know, they, they could be trying to sabotage Lindy Ruff, which hockey locker rooms have been known to do. Uh, I'm almost certain the Flyers did it to Elaine Vigneault because um, there are a lot of good it's, players that weren't even playing
2: decent. Um, it, it's funny you mentioned Sabotage, because I didn't say it verbally, but I was literally just thinking in my head, are they purposely tanking for Connor Bedard?
1: I, no, I don't think, I, that's not what I'm saying here. What I'm saying is the team is rejecting what Lindy Ruff is trying to do, and they're trying to get I see, Okay.
2: taken it's out hard, of
1: the spot. It's hard to say to uh, these type of athletes, be
0: like, hey, That number one draft pick is
1: gold. Yeah, Yeah, it's
0: hard to say because these guys are gonna block shots. They're gonna get it. They're gonna go through the bumps and bruises of an NHL season, and for you to tell them like, "Hey, exactly, fuck," I have it the other way around. It's like spinning
2: right in their face, bro. It's It's not the coach telling the team to do that. I'm saying the Devils purposely hired Ruff because they knew he wasn't a fit for the team, so they would. Not perform as well. Oh, they, they,
1: they only, the only the only problem with that, yeah, the only problem with that is you have this young town on this team. Jack Hughes is in his fourth league, uh, fourth year in the league. Nico he is your captain. This young core is ready to go and do something,
2: but they're doing nothing. It goes know? back to the indecisiveness. The, yeah, the the higher echelon of the team don't know what to do with this team, so they're in that juggling of retool, rebuild. And I wouldn't be surprised if the switch is slowly being switched back to rebuild, which is why now if their mindset is tank, you've got the next generational talent coming in. We could use that. We could build around that. The same mindset they had when they got shear and Hughes.
1: The only problem, though, is when you have he shear Hughes and, um, yeah, I would say arguably Dougie Hamilton's young. He's not in his 30s quite yet. Um, but like Still serviceable you you have these young guys basically in in the pinnacle of their career and you're going to tell them that you're rebuilding after you've brought in guys like Tomasz Tatar you've brought in guys like um uh, Andre Pilat, you know Welcome to Buffer, you brought in Saber Ryan Graves it's it, it's a hard it's a hard spot the devils find themselves in right now and I can't help but agree with what Tony was saying, that Lindy Ruff is not going to be the guy that's going to be able to turn this team around. So maybe we see a early season head coaching fire, you know? And here's another team where maybe these teams should just swap coaches and see what happens. So after last year's magic with Bruce Boudreaux, there was Bruce Chance through Vancouver. They were loving him. Bruce, there it is. Bruce, there it is. They were loving him. They were loving it. Now we're singing a bit of a different tune. If we look at the Vancouver Canucks record right now, they currently sit at 0-3 with no points in the standings and not not a win in sight. Uh, And some pretty bad wins, too, or some bad losses, too. Uh, For example, they had the Flyers in a hole 2-0 in the second period, gave up three unanswered, and wound up losing. The, the Flyers, Flyers were
0: out shooting them fourteen to four in the first. I was because like, they had was,
1: five power plays.
0: Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I oh, what else are you gonna attention. do with that? <laughs> I was at the Phillies game, so I was just all right. Sorry. On the phone, so I yes. Yeah. Like, like they outshot them fourteen to four down to nothing. I'm like, you got kidding me? Yeah. They, then, I mean, luckily-
1: they had they had five power plays. It was ridiculous. Um, but you know, some some pretty ugly hockey from Vancouver that I got to watch firsthand. And it's it's not like they're they're not talented. You can see the talent out there, but it's almost the same case as the Devils, where the system looks like it just doesn't fit the players that are on the ice. Um, so now people are kind of calling for Bruce Boudreaux's head a little bit. Another head coach here that's on the uh the chopping block, as things were. And obviously the players are frustrated. They're saying it's unacceptable. Bo Horvat's pissed, Elias Peterson's pissed. Um, but can you believe after last year that Bruce Boudreau already has a hot seat three games into the year? I mean,
0: for all the coaching carousel that was this offseason, dude, coaches are
1: as replaceable as anybody. I'm sorry. Any the thing dude. is, the thing is, is you say that, but in my head, they really aren't. Because if there's one thing that multi like winning teams and consistent winning teams have. Is a head coach that they can rely on somebody that'll go to battle for them in the media and somebody that will lead them like a good leader, i.e., um, Dan Cooper in in Tampa Bay. Duh, uh, you got you know, back in the Chicago years, Joe Quenville. Uh, you had you know Bruce Boudreaux when he was with the uh, with the Bruins. You know? know, you can say his track record, but John Tortorella is definitely a guy that John goes Tortorella, to right? You know, yeah, yeah, guy, guys who everybody knows their name because they have history as a good head coach. And now you have a guy who has a history of a good head coach and people are calling for his head already. You're Owen three. I remember when the flyers uh, were, what was it? Owen four at the start of the year and they fired Peter Laviolette. I still haven't forgiven him for that because I thought Peter Laviolette was still a good head coach. It, it's one of those things where I just don't see why we're blaming the coach for this. On this one specifically, the Lindy Ruff thing that makes sense. This Bruce Boudreaux thing, I'm having trouble wrapping my head around because he is historically a really good head coach. What do you guys think?
0: I mean, I was going in a season. You know, there's been a lot of lot of praise for Thatcher Demko. I'm just like, like I see him play well, but I'm like, I I don't think he's as good as people say he is, like. That's that's where my opinion with Thatcher is. But don't get me wrong, I have seen him play well. Mm-hmm. But you know, it does it looks like he just Ooh. is kind of falling back to where I think what he is. It's just like a you know, a good goaltender, but you know, not a great one.
1: Right. And like don't get me wrong, he's a he's a pretty damn good goaltender. Like you we've seen Thatcher Demko make some insane saves if we recall when his blocker fell off. That was fucking nuts. Um but like I I'm I it's weird to me that such a good head coach after having a pretty good like half year there in Vancouver when he basically saved the team um is already getting like we want him gone type of type of stuff from the fans. So I want to ask you guys do you think hockey fans are too tough on head coaches? Cuz we're, we're not we, we are not more than 6 games into the year at most. For some teams. Depends on the market. Yeah, but the, one of these markets we're talking about is Vancouver, one of the most docile hockey markets known to mankind.
0: Yeah, but uh, look at a market like uh, Detroit. I mean, they've kept the same head coach for the past, like, seven years. I
2: don't even and... know who the head coach is. <laughs> exactly. But he, he, exactly. But he <laughs>
0: stayed there through this time, through the of you know rough play. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's – So there is some little bit of loyalty, I think, compared to, you know, some of the hockey markets. Like, I think Philadelphia is a tough hockey market. I think, you know, Toronto is a tough hockey market. Montreal is a tough hockey market. Yeah, they are tough hockey markets for coaches. But at the end of the day, it's like you are replaceable.
1: Right. And yeah. I've always struggled to say that head coaches are replaceable myself just because I feel like y- y- there's there's something to having a really good head coach. And you're right, hockey markets, they they vary from, you know, your East Coast hard-nosed hockey markets to your West Coast very laissez-faire markets. Um, but, uh, Adam, what about you? What do you think? Do you think media and fans are a bit too hard on NHL coaches nowadays?
2: Oh, absolutely. Hockey fans, I feel like, are one of the more passionate Fan bases around. I mean, nothing tops, you know, soccer fans because they're, well, of
1: they're course, the yeah. Of the world. They, are, they are ruthless but in Europe. Oh my God. Hockey
2: fans, when they don't like something, you'll hear about it. I mean, anytime ads on anything are mentioned, it's a, a Twitter storm of, of hate. Um, the head coach situation that we're talking about, anytime a team is struggling, they're one of the first people. If it's not the head coach, it's the general manager. Mm hmm. One of those two are always going to be the the target of fan hatred. And I think you kind of, you didn't dance around it, but you touched on it a little bit without actually hitting the, the nail on the head. I think the problem with Bruce Boudreaux is he had such a good half of last season where he brought that team back from basically the bottom of the basement to a near playoff contender. And now the team is right back to where they were at the start of last season. So fans had one expectation, and now they're right back where they started the season to go. And they're like, what the hell's going on, Bruce?
1: Yeah, uh, I I just think it's my only thing is is they're only three games into the season. Like, at least let this get to game 10 before you start asking for heads on stakes, you know?
2: I, I agree with you. But unfortunately, fan bases are a uh, what have you done for me recently, not what have you done for me overall.
1: Yeah, and by recently they mean over the last two days. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I I I kind of think that some some hockey fan bases are a little too tough on head coaches specifically, but it is what it is. I think this one might be to blame on the players. They just look like they're not playing with much fire right now, or playing cohesively as a team. Um, And I'm only saying that because I saw them firsthand. You know, I saw them with my eye holes, so I'm able to kind of take that into account here. Now a guy I haven't seen with my eye holes, but apparently if I did, it would not be a pretty sight. Um, Mark Andre Fleury, uh, quote, embarrassed to meet fans amid a rough start. Uh, ended up uh, when he said he was embarrassed to meet fans, there was a there was a bowling charity auction that he that he attended for the Wild, and he was saying he really didn't want to face fans because he feels that bad for his a horrible start. Uh, I mean, let's take a look. He's got two starts, um, eleven goals against already. Was pulled on Saturday oh. against the Kings in the first period. Um, and that's, that's really not what we've come to expect from the three time Stanley cup champion and Vesna trophy winner from literally 2021. I might add, uh, well, sure. I mean, it was the 2020, 2021 season, but still, it, this is, this is one of those things where do you guys think that Flurry might be looking at retirement at the end of the year?
0: I mean, it's hard to say just looking at it. Cause it's- just began right like, literally just began so like he's not going to be like oh i got off to a rough start like yeah the retirement should probably be an option i mean he's probably going to look to try and fix this try and start playing solid hockey so uh i think he's just you know i mean it could be because especially like you see in hockey like when a player doesn't have it anymore you see it they don't have it and with yep. goalies it's even more evident than any other position in the sport.
1: Yeah, when it's goalies it's obvious.
0: Right. So um let it play out. Well I mean if it continues to play out, we're definitely gonna continue to talk about it. Right. So um but yeah it's also you know the defense and the forwards, you know, it's it's everybody. Goalie yeah, you know they go control so much. Like you got to help them out. They help you out. You help them out.
1: Yeah, I and I agree with you there, uh, Adam. What what say you about the marc Andre Fleury situation? You think retirement's in the swirling around as an idea?
2: I think uh, Fish kind of nailed it. I think it's going to depend on how well the rest of his season plays out. If it's as bad as it's starting to look right now, two games in for him, probably. I feel like he's the kind of guy that he doesn't want to stick around to give off the, uh, the shell of his former self kind of thing. Like guys like this know when their time is done. And I think he's played around with the idea, but he felt he still had it. And if it's going the way it is, and like fish said, you can tell when your time is done in these situations. And it shows, I think flurry could be looking at his last season. I hope not. I'd like to see at least one more really good run for him. But it's I feel like it's a little too soon to tell, but I could see him in the back of his mind starting to kind of think about it.
1: for sure. But also, you know, as far as like older goalies getting one more really good run at it, I kind of thought that Jonathan Quick's career was done about three or four years ago. And here he still is. So, oh, yeah,
2: that it is.
1: It is possible for a turnaround. It really is. He, he's inhuman. Jonathan Quick. Jonathan Quick does not age, apparently. Um, and you know, I hope uh, Mark Andre Fleury gets you know a little bit better as the year goes on. Maybe gets stretched out and starts playing well again. But this is definitely concerning for the three-time Stanley Cup champion how this season has started so far, and concerning for the the Minnesota Wild, who are you know perennial right now competitive team and are looking to make the playoffs for you know seasons to come. Here, this is definitely going to be interesting to see what happens in net for this team uh, moving forward, and maybe even at the trade deadline. Uh, to wrap up the show, though, because it is the beginning of the season, let's make some bold predictions or some spicy hot takes that we have uh, this early in the season. Um, do either of you have any smoldering hot takes for me? Um, I am all ears and listening.
2: Fish has something.
1: I swear to God, if you say the flyers are going to be good, I'm throwing this microphone across the room. No, I'm saying Columbus is overrated. Ooh, i'm on board whoa. with that i am Columbus all aboard so that wagon underrated. i am so all overrated. aboard that wagon i'm so there for that what what are your reasonings you just think that you know everybody you was like oh they got johnny hockey and it was like johnny oh. hockey
0: and they just you know they didn't actually fix their problems
1: yes thank they didn't
0: you actually fix your problems now unis Corpusalo
1: is hurt so that kind of hurts the goalie tandem they had down there but
0: they're still giving up so many shots, bro, and it's just not cohesive hockey. Yeah, it's still beginning of year. Maybe offense could, you know, really turn it around, you know, actually show that they are a really high-skilled team and can, you know, win that way. But, bro, they're, they can't get the puck out of their zone.
1: Yeah, I, they're really struggling defensively, which, you know, makes a lot of sense. They really did not identify any defensive problems they had on that team, and they had – plenty. Um let's let's look at the the stats here uh on shots against. Let me see if I can load this page up here. Uh yeah, it's 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 really an issue when you go to identify a problem which for them I guess they thought it was goal scoring, you identify it and then you ignore all the other problems. That seems to be an ongoing issue for a lot of hockey teams. Uh the stats aren't loading right now, but either way, um it It is not pretty what's going on in Columbus right now. And, yeah, you got Johnny Hockey. That's all fine and dandy. That's not the only thing that's going to win you games. You know, you really got to think about it like that. Like, that's not the one thing that's going to win you games. And right now it seems like they're paying for it. They're paying for Damn. it a little bit. Any any other spicy takes for me there, Maddie Fish?
0: Who? Oh, me? Oh, boy. Oh, oh, yeah, you, buddy. Oh, boy. I'm happy. I'm excited for this flyer season. Oh man, don't do this to <laughs> I'm for this flyer season.
1: Come on, buddy. Don't, don't. No. It's the great Philly curse. It's hope. You don't want it. I have hope. You don't I want the great hope
0: Philadelphia pie, <laughs> apple pie in the sky. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, when you start he's to mixing sports,
2: love. he's mixing. Adam. Down. Save me. What's your spicy take? Uh my spicy take is Toronto's going to miss the playoffs this year.
1: I like it. I'm on board with that. If they can't get this defense and goaltending situation figured out, I think you make a very valuable point.
2: From from not even that standpoint, it sounds like their core four just isn't there. It sounds like they're they're struggling right now, which is not what you want to see when you're paying your top four guys between 9 and 11 million each. Yeah. Agreed. It, it's not a good look. And when the coach is even coming out saying that you weren't prepared, I'm paraphrasing, but basically you weren't prepared for Arizona at home. The worst team in the league you weren't prepared for. and Like, not,
1: do- not just the worst team in the league, but, like, a team that doesn't even have a home stadium. Like, let's remember yeah. that. Yeah.
2: They're right. a team without
1: a home. They're homeless. They're sleeping on the couch. They're sleeping on their buddy's couch at college right now. Literally. What a, what a life. Like, it, I, it is nuts i agree with you it's crazy i, I um, can
2: only put it this way when you have i think what are they four games in three games in
1: they're three games in They're um three games in yeah
2: and two of the three steve dangle lfrs are almost panic players. you we've got a problem <laughs> no no they're,
1: they're they're four games in they're two and two sorry
2: okay they're okay but yeah, no, I, I can
1: I can totally agree with you. I see uh right now what I'm seeing is a forty one and forty one team. Ah. Uh, and that okay. yes, is that an exaggeration? Yes, but this is how bad they're looking right now. This is how Ottawa should have won that game, the Battle of Ontario. This,
2: this is the team that The Rock took all the time out of his busy schedule to go visit to promote his new movie.
1: And you're and you're just gonna suck the life out of the league like I mean,
2: that. They they won in front of the rock, which is always nice. But yeah, the-
1: it's always good to win win in front of Dwayne the Rock Johnson. It is, it's always preferable. Um, but yeah, no, I I kind of agree with you there. I kind of That's I sick. like these hot takes, boys. I like them. Uh, for me, Elmer, Soderblom, oh, oh. Calder Trophy, Big E. I, I said that. it. I said the 68 absolute menace at forward in Detroit. You know what I love about this whole situation? That line, the shortest guy on that line being uh, Oscar six 63. He's the shortest guy on that line.
2: Was Biggie involved in that crazy game-tying goal from the other night? Did you see that? Yes, he was. Yeah. He was.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh my Dude, god. He is talented. Like, he is really talented. And what I, uh, they have a nickname for this line. They're calling him the Redwood Line. Like, the tree, like Redwood trees, because they're all fucking tall.
2: Did you see the, uh, the, I love it. The the quote I put it in the group chat about the one player from Montreal. His nickname is Wi Fi. What's his name? His nickname is Wi Fi, but I don't know how to pronounce his name. Yes, because his last name looks like a Wi Fi passcode. Yeah. Just like it's a bunch of random letters. I think he's also, funny. funnily enough, the only NHL player in history to have a last name starting with the letter X. Interesting.
1: I thought it was a Z. Is it an X? It's a Z. I'm okay, pretty sure it's, it's an X.
2: X. I think it's X. I really don't even know how to pronounce it to the point that I don't feel comfortable trying to pronounce it.
1: Yeah, I, that's going to that's gonna be something that a broadcaster is going to have to say, and then I'm going to just have to, like, say it like a mockingbird. Um, but
2: I definitely... Uh, I agree with you. I love that take, that uh, Dude, big, big E called e. winner.
1: Big E called their winner, and that is just a six eight menace at forward. I love that nickname. I need a T-shirt that's a, like the Redwood line. I yeah. I, need I need it in my life.
2: I love line nicknames. At some point, when like the news is- oh, uh, Nick DeLaurier going to Pat
1: Maroon. Big boy well, fight. Ooh, the heavyweight division. The heavyweight the division. The heavyweights. Let the heavies battle. There you go. Hell yeah. the right way, Nicky. Um, anyways, uh, if unless you guys have any other NHL news, that's gonna do it for this episode. Um, I don't, oh, well, actually, Don has a
0: uh, little bit of Flyers talk. You know, the Flyers have gone into the season, you know, not naming a captain, and you know, as Philly media technically is, they keep asking the same questions over and over and over again. And knowing John Tortorella, that just must piss him
1: off. <laughs> That's a guy that does not like getting asked the same question.
0: <laughs> right. Play that right now. So um I think uh well no, he has gone on record for the most part. You know, he plans on not naming a captain this year. <clears throat> his quote is saying, When I name a captain, it is going to be as clear as day for as an answer. So I think oh, it's no. the right move. Um he decided to give uh, Scott Lawton the full-time A, so he's got the A on his sweater, home and away, and then I think he rotates A's for uh, two home and away. But Scott Lawn has stood out to him. Um, it's uh, it's definitely a John Tortorella move.
1: Yeah, that that really oozes John Tortorella energy. If there's one thing that I like, I'm very confident in John Tortorella is he's never gonna bullshit anybody. He's like, I don't know this team. This team doesn't know me. I am in no place to be naming a captain right now. And honestly, I just respect the shit out of it. I'm, I'm so happy that somebody is in a Flyers lead position right now who isn't just going to give me like handwritten from the front office bullshit just from his mouth all the time. We've had so many coaches like that, and I can't stand it anymore. If anything, even if John Tortorella turns out to be a terrible coach for this team, if anything, I respect him for just never giving any, give, never giving me any BS. I'll, I'm gonna love it. Um, is that everybody?
2: Everybody's got Yes. good. The one other, the one other big piece of news is uh, Gary Bettman was part of the uh, Board of Governors meetings today in New York, and it sounds like he his projections are showing a very good possibility that escrow will be paid off this season. Meaning, oh, wow! next season, we could see a salary cap jump of $4 million. Ooh,
1: that that frees so, up a lot of cap. That'll nice.
2: that's, keep a look on. Uh $1.1 $1. 1 billion is what was owed back from the players. <laughs> so that's that insane. paid back almost uh, earlier than scheduled, I think is uh, pretty awesome. So hopefully that projection maps out and we have a... a decent size salary cap next season
1: yeah i, I mean hockey is going to be a really exciting league once that salary cap starts to raise because a lot more can happen and all the gms have a lot more flexibility with what they can do with their salary cap which is going to be nice to see um as always folks thank you so much for listening we love that you guys still listen to our content and just get and, and by the way uh, as i said we i talked to my buddy tony about the devil's uh, feel free to send us any, any hot takes you guys have to our Instagram yeah, or Twitter please. at OTPP pod on both. Any hot takes you guys have, we will talk about on the podcast. We will respond to your messages. We, we are, you know, I'm not saying we're loners, but we don't have many friends. all um, oh, trust me.
2: I live <laughs> in my house in the woods.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, Adam lives with Bigfoot. Uh, Matt, true. Matt spends all of his time watching sports or playing golf. I pretty much do the same thing. Um, You know, we'll respond. We're not, you know, standoffish guys. We do not think that we're bigger than thou. Uh, But go ahead and follow us on those uh, socials that I just mentioned on Twitter and Instagram at OTPP pod on both. Go ahead and hit the link in those bios, go and buy our merch. We got plenty of merch for you guys to indulge upon as the winter season starts to come upon us. We have sweatshirts, sweatpants, a coffee mug or hot cocoa, whatever you want to put in it. Maybe a little bit of Bailey's or JMO. Heyo, go ahead and plug the Twitch. Adam.
2: Twitch.tv slash on the power play. Streams have been short because I've been busy and I am now currently sick, which is also why I sound very congested. I apologize. But uh, yeah, make sure you follow that. You'll always get notified when we go live. Uh, follow the social medias like Big Mentioned at OTPP Pod on pretty much everything and twitch.tv slash on the power play so you don't miss any of that good virtual hockey action, baby.
1: Got You're- to love it. Again, if you miss when he goes live on Twitch, it is on video on demand so you can always rewatch it because he does really good stuff on there. As always, thank you so much for listening, folks, and we out!
2: Ooh.